Good morning, everybody. This is Chanel, your food for the soul. And today's topic is the birth of Jesus. How does it make you feel? Now, first, I want to thank God for allowing me to be here on this earth one more time to be able to share his message with everyone. And hopefully it will touch hearts of those who do not know him and would like to call upon the name of Jesus and ask him to come into your hearts to be your personal Lord and Savior. Again, the topic is the birth of Jesus. How does it make you feel? When Jesus was born, it was a silent night. Who would have ever thought that Jesus would have been born in a stable, which was unsanitary and dirty. There was not any room anywhere for them to lodge in a clean, warm place from the elements. As Jesus was being born, the star shined over the stable where Jesus was being born. Everyone saw the star shining and followed the star where Jesus was being born. The angel Gabriel came and announced the birth of Jesus and a multitude of heavenly hosts praised God saying, glory to God in the highest and peace on earth and goodwill towards men. When I think about the birth of Jesus, it brings joy to my heart. God did not have to send his son into this world if he did not want to, but because we needed a savior, he did. We should be praising God every day for his son and what he sent him here to do for us. We were bought at a price that will never, ever be able to be repaid. Now, let us think about that night. Let us think about how Mary must have felt, you know, having to go into a stable that's wet, damp, and cold, and unsanitary to have her baby, you know, where there was no midwives, no one to help her, you know, um, females to help her. But, bless God, Joseph was with her, you know, and he was there. You know, to help her bring Jesus into the world. And God was watching over them as she was bringing Jesus into this world, you know, on that night, that silent night in Bethlehem. There was not any medicine for her to take to get rid of the pain such as we have today such as epidurals and things like that. She had to endure that pain from her first labor pain up until Jesus was pushed out of her with her strength. That she pushed him out in all of that pain. Now, just imagine having a baby. You're in you traveled miles and miles for a census, you're on a donkey, and you're going through this rough terrain, crossing over water, and you know, and you're out in the elements with no medication. 
And then when you get to where you're supposed to be, there's no room in an inn for you to be warm, to get something to eat, something to drink, a nice place to lay your head and have your baby. So let's think about how Mary must have felt, how Joseph must have felt, knowing that his wife had to have Jesus in the stable. Okay, let us think about how Mary must have felt knowing why her son was born and what was going to happen to him so we could be saved from sin. I can just wonder when she was holding her baby, what she may have felt holding her savior, what she may have felt when she raised him all of his life. I wonder how Joseph must have had felt for Jesus to be his stepson and his savior. I'm quite sure Mary and Joseph held on to all of the memories they made together with him while he was growing up. Now, parents always hold on to the memories. We always, you know, keep the little things that our kids give us, you know, from school, the little pictures that they draw and even some of their work, you know, so we can have something to hold on to. And we do things together to make memories to share, to remind that child, hey, you know, I remember when you did this, that, and another when you was growing up. Oh, I remember, you know, when you first started school. I remember when you graduated. I remember when you took your first step. I remember when you said your first words. Those types of things we as parents, we hold on to. And I'm quite sure Mary and Joseph held on to those things as Jesus began to, you know, grow and crawl and walk and run and play with the other kids and you know, as children do. But Jesus was a special child. And Mary knew exactly why Jesus was brought into this world. You know, because we needed a Savior. We needed a Savior. And a Savior to save us from ourselves, from our sins. You know, so we wouldn't have to perish in our sins and to teach us how to live and how to love one another and how to respect God and live according to his commandments and the things that and to do the things that he's called us to do uh, on this earth. Now, I know Joseph must have been proud to teach Jesus carpentry. Okay, I say that because Joseph was a carpenter. And that was his profession. And he taught Jesus. Every father teaches their son um, how to do something, teach him a trade, you know, so that way they know how to work. They know how to use their hands. They know how to uh, be productive and provide for themselves, for their family, you know, so on and so forth. As they grow up, as they get older, you know, um, for later on in life, when they're on their own. And there are some who you know, don't really have time to teach their kids um, certain things that they may need to know or want to know because they just don't have the time. But back then, that's how their children learned. They taught their children whatever they did. If they were fishermen, they taught their children how to fish. If if they were in carpentry, as Joseph was, he taught Jesus how to be a carpenter. Whatever profession that the father was in, that's what they taught their sons how to do. So, you know, that is a good thing back then as it is today. 
Now, I'm quite sure that Mary was proud as well. Okay, so if Joseph wasn't there and something needed to be fixed, Jesus could fix it. If she wanted something built and Joseph wasn't there to do it, Jesus could do it. Because why? Joseph taught him carpentry. And that is a good profession to know how to do because why you can build whatever you want to build with your hands and you're using your hands. You're being productive and you're working. And not only can you make things for yourself, you make things for other people, too. It's to sell, to make money, you know, to be uh, uh, provide. So uh, when time came for Jesus to uh, be crucified and, you know, that is a hard pill uh, to swallow. When we think about how Jesus was crucified and all of the things that he went through during that time and how he had to explain things that he was going to go through to the disciples. And I know that anytime You know, you lose somebody that you love. It hurts. You know, no matter how old or how young that person is, it hurts. But Jesus knew what his purpose was. You know, he knew why he was sitting here. He knew what his destiny was when he was old enough to realize and understand, you know, from a child growing up, even at the age of 12, he was in the temple with the other teachers and, you know, talking to them, asking questions, answering questions. And when uh, that day that was they were celebrating the Passover and the, he was in the temple, he stayed behind and they didn't realize that he wasn't there until later on. So they had to turn around, go all the way back to Jerusalem and find Jesus. But anyway, now, I can just wonder um, when she was holding her baby, what she may have felt holding her Savior. Not only was Mary holding her son, she was holding her Savior, the Savior of the whole world. And I know that must have had to touch her heart her soul, her her very being to know that she was holding her savior in her arms, raising her savior, being his mother every day of his life. And from the moment that she felt him inside of her, I just imagine the joy that she felt when she was carrying Jesus for those nine months inside of her moving around, growing you know, inside of her, her savior, our savior. That had to be amazing. And then for Joseph to be there with her, to see Jesus be born. I know that must have been something that he probably never even thought that he would ever get to experience. And so that's something that I know that they both held on to that they never, ever forgot. And as mothers and fathers do, I'm quite sure they may have told Jesus a story about what they went through and everything that she went through. And they went through to bring him into this world. Now, I'm quite sure that Mary was proud 
as well. Proud of being Jesus's mother. Proud of carrying him. Proud to say that he is her son. Now, again, years come and go. You know, okay. When it came time for um, Jesus to be crucified now, I know that the disciples were afraid. Except for the one who cut off the soldier's ear. Judas betrayed him. Peter denied him three times. Thomas doubted that he rose from the dead. But Mary had to see her son die on the cross. She had to see her son die on the cross. She had to see her son die on the cross. See them place a crown of thorns on his head. See them offer him a sponge with vinegar and gall. See them spear him in his sides on that cross that day when Jesus was crucified. Now, I cannot imagine the grief and the pain that she had to feel in her heart and soul. What mother wants to watch her son die? What mother wants to see her son hang on a cross with nails in his hands, nails in his feet, a crown of thorns on his head in agony? See how they beat him all night, how his body was just tore up from them beating him all night. I cannot imagine seeing something like that you know I I just I, I just don't know how she stood it but because that's her son she was there the whole time she was there while her son was hanging there on that cross dying for you and for me and for every human being that was on the earth then And for those who are on the earth now and for those who are going to come even after. Now, I can see her just crying. I can see her heartbreaking and the pain that she felt I know was unbearable to see her son go through that. What mother wants to see their child? Go through something like that. It's just heartbreaking. It just tears out your soul. Now, that day, oh my goodness, was it, it was a day that the whole world changed. The whole entire world changed. And Jesus made it possible for us to be able to go to God. And talk to him on our own. He made it possible for us to be able to do that. And he made it possible for us. By shedding his blood for us. To be reconciled back to God. To be called his sons and daughters. Because back then. Women. You know. Couldn't. Just just go to God and, you know, talk to God like men could, you know, uh, the priests or whoever was uh, had, was appointed 
and given the authority to go into the Holy of Holies to talk to God and atone for our sins, did that. We don't have to worry about that anymore. We can talk to God on our own. We can go to God in prayer and talk to him as much as we want to, whenever we want to. Morning, noon, neither the night, overnight, anytime. Rain, shine, sleep, snow, seven days a week, 365 days a year, all day, all night long. We can talk to God. Now, if it weren't for Jesus coming into this world and God sending his one and only son into this world, that would not have been possible. You know, we were bought at a price that we will never be able to repay. And that is the shedding of Jesus' blood. We are bought by the shedding of the blood of Jesus Christ. And we'll never be able to repay him for that. Saying thank you is not enough. Because he did what he did for us. Because God loved us so much. He loved the world so much that he sent his only son into this world to die for our sins. Now, I cannot imagine the grief and the pain that she had to feel in her heart and soul. I know it must have had to have an effect on how she did things that she had to do at home. Why? Because she's grieving. When a person is grieving, it it, it takes a lot of energy out of them. It takes it because your heart is broken, your soul is hurt, and you've lost somebody that you love and it takes a while to get past grief it takes a while and it's not something that is uh, going to take place overnight and say hey you know you know I grieve today I'm not gonna grieve tomorrow you know grief hits you at any time be it morning be it evening be it night you know you can be Feeling okay one minute and the next minute you in tears. The next minute your heart is just ripped out. You know, it, it feels like somebody just put their whole hand in your in your chest and just rip your your heart out and just leave a great big gaping hole filled with pain. That to me is what grief feels like. You know. So for Mary to stand there and watch them do what they did to her son nailed him to that cross and I just know that with every sound of the hammer being hit on that nail I know it must have pierced her soul it must have had to because I know she was crying what mother wouldn't cry what father wouldn't cry what sister or brother would not cry if they saw something like that happening to one of their relatives. Okay. So pain is pain. No matter where it's coming from or who's causing it. Pain is pain. And it takes a while to get over grief, heartache, and pain. It takes a while to get over that because you have to process it. And I'm quite sure that was hard for her to process. I'm quite sure for all of them that was there to see that happen. It was hard for them to process. And it, I cannot understand that the Roman soldier just stood there. I mean, he just stood there. And then when it started to rain 
and it started to thunder. That's when he knew that Jesus was the son of God. Now, why did all of that have to happen for him to realize that as to where everyone else didn't? All of the other Roman soldiers and the naysayers and the bystanders that was there. And another thing that I want to point out is this. We were there, not in the flesh, but our sins was. Our sins was there. When he said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. He wasn't just talking about those people that were there. He was talking about every human being that would ever be on the face of the earth. He said, Father, forgive them for they know not what they do. And sometimes we don't, we don't know what we do. We don't realize what we'll be doing. Why? Because we're human beings. That's why we have to ask for forgiveness. When we sin or have a bad thought or, you know, do something we shouldn't, you know, it, we have to ask for forgiveness because we're human beings. And in order to be forgiven, we have to forgive. You know, so Jesus, you know, forgave us even on the cross. He forgave us. He forgave us all. Our sins. He said, Father, forgive them, for they know not what they do. Okay, now, uh, again, the reason I say this is because loss hurts and people deal with grief differently. And sometimes it takes a long time to get past it. I feel in my heart that she was overjoyed when she seen that he had risen from the dead, just as the disciples. He told the disciples that he said he would. Now, I'm glad that he took the punishment that we all deserve. And it was gruesome, but that was the sacrifice he made for us. He paid the ultimate price for us by shedding his blood and taking our sins upon himself. Now, life gets hard every day because of what we're going through but nothing can ever compare to what Jesus went through for us we should be counting our blessings every day and thanking God for each and every one we should bless God for all he's done for all he's doing and will do for us we should have hearts of thanksgiving we may not always get what we want because he knows what is best for us Now, I know for myself that sometimes it can be hard to understand why he says no to us. Sometimes we have to wait a little while longer, but that's all right. It means that he is moving things around and out of the way so we will not be harmed. Now, if the good Lord gave us everything that we wanted, what would we do? Would we be able to handle it? Or would we lose our mind? Would we be able to fathom it if he gave us every single thing that we asked him for? If he answered every prayer, if he gave us everything that we wanted, even if it wasn't good for us, if he gave us all of those things, what would we do? We wouldn't know how to handle it. It would blow our mind. We would literally lose our mind. This is why we should be careful what we ask for and be careful what we pray for because we just might get it. We have to be careful when we pray because God hears 
our every prayer. He hears our every thought. He knows what we want. He knows the things that we want that we think is good for us and it's not good for us that could harm us. So he will tell us no. Sometimes he'll make us wait. You know, when the time is right, because the time is not always right. There is a season and a time for everything. And we want things right then and there. But God is not going to give us things right then and there. And if it's not in his will for us, he's not going to give us that thing, whatever it may be. If it's not in his will for us at that time, but he will give us what we need to survive from day to day. It's a blessing that he gives us our life every day. It's a blessing that we have his breath to breathe. It's a blessing that we have our eyes to see. It's a blessing that we have our mouth to talk. It's a blessing that we have our hands, our arms, our feet, our legs to be able to move and have our being, our nose to smell, you know, and to breathe. Because without those things, we wouldn't survive. We have clothes, we have food, we have shelter. Those are the basic necessities to live every day. Those are the things that we really need. It's okay to want material things to make us happy, but... We cannot let material things have us because material things are temporary and material things do not last forever. The only thing that lasts forever is our souls. That's the only thing that lasts forever, you know, and that is something that we need to think about even right now is our souls where we want to spend eternity when we leave off this earth. Where do we want our soul to reside once we leave from over here and we go over to the other side? That's what we need to think about. This is why God sent Jesus into the world to die for our sins so we could live free in him and be happy in him and have a life in him. Because when we give our life to him, when we make that decision to give our life to to the Lord and to live for him. We become new beings. The old is passed away and everything has become new. We are new in Christ. It's, we've been reborn, you know, not having to, you know, go back inside and be reborn again. Like Nicodemus went to Jesus and he was talking to Jesus about that thing. But we have to be born of the spirit. You know, we have to be reborn. Our spirit has to be reborn. So when we get saved, we die, our flesh dies to sin, we die to sin, and we are raised with Jesus in holiness. So, therefore, we live to please him. We do to please him, to bring him glory, to give him praise, to bring honor to him, and to win as many souls for the kingdom of God. And that's why we have the Great Commission. Jesus told us to do before he um, went back to be with the father to sit at the right hand of the father because when Jesus rose when Jesus rose from the dead and uh, Mary was there and she thought he was the gardener and he was telling her don't you know don't hold on to him you know don't hold just go tell every you know his brothers that they that he had risen 
and they would, you know, soon they would see him. You know, but Thomas had to be the one to doubt and, you know, and in the beginning, you know, they really so didn't believe. So they all raced down to the tomb to see that Jesus was not there, you know. And so the angel asked, why was she looking for the living among the dead? He's risen. He, he's not here. You know, so I know it was kind of, you know, hard for them to believe, you know, because at the time, you know, Jesus had already uh, told them at the temple that he he told them when he turned over all of the uh, money changes tables and, you know, destroyed everything in there. And he told them that he could tear down that building and raise it again in three days. But they thought he was talking about the temple. No, he was not talking about the temple. He was talking about his death, his burial, and his resurrection. He was talking about that. That is what he was talking about. He was letting them know that in three days after his death, he was going to rise again. He was going to come back. That God was going to raise him from the dead. They, that's why they didn't understand it because they was, their eyes was closed spiritually. Their mind was closed spiritually. Their hearts was closed spiritually. And they did not understand what Jesus was saying at the time when he was saying it because they just didn't know. They didn't know what he was saying. They didn't understand what he was saying. You know, it didn't make sense to them what he was saying. So um, when Jesus rose, he rose just like he said he was going to do, you know, and I'm so glad that he did. <laughs> Aren't you glad that he rose? Aren't you glad that God raised Jesus from the dead those three days? And this is why we celebrate Easter. Easter is getting ready to come up. And Easter is such to me brings back memories of my childhood getting all dressed up on Sunday morning and going to church, having service and going back to church the evening for the Easter program where all of us kids will go up on the stage as they up in the on stage as they called our name to say our Easter speeches. And that was the highlight of my Sunday morning and my Sunday evening on Easter. So yeah, Easter is a day to be celebrated because that is the day that Jesus rose and I always look forward to Easter because it it takes me back to those days it takes me back to those memories and I remember those days I remember the sun would be shining on Sunday morning so pretty on Easter and I can remember having my little lace dress on and my hair all fixed all pretty for Easter to go to church and it was just something that was the highlight for me I, Easter oh my goodness it was just something special to me and those days I will never forget because on that day the third day Jesus rose he rose on Easter and so we celebrate Easter to celebrate the day that Jesus rose again with all power in his hands in heaven and on earth. And he is seated at the right hand of the Father in heavenly places. And that is in heaven. Jesus is alive. He is alive. He's been alive. And he will forever be alive. And it's just amazing how we can say 
And we know that Jesus rose. Now, he loves us. And he only wants what is best for us. He does not want to want us to have anything old, just any old thing. He wants to give us the best, the very best. Why? Because we are his children and he loves us and he knows what is best for us. And we are to be happy in him and not in the things that we possess. Things are temporary, but our eternal life is forever. If you've not talked to Jesus today, he's waiting to hear from you. If you have not asked him into your heart, repent, believe, confess, and live your life for him. Ask him to come into your heart and be your Lord and Savior. It'll be the best decision that you ever make because he wants to change your life for the better and give you a brand new life in him so that you can spend eternity with him one day. Your eternal salvation is very important. Where do you want to spend eternity? Choose this day who you will serve because as for me and my house, we will serve the Lord. All right. Thank you for following me on my journey with food for the soul. God bless you all and stay safe now. As I said, Jesus is alive and he is seated in heaven at the right hand of the Father. And whatever is on our hearts, we can go to him and pour out our hearts to him. He already knows our every thought. He already knows what we're going to come to him for before we know what we're going to go to him for. He already knows what we're thinking about asking him and talking to him about before we can even let the words come out of our mouth. He is never surprised about what we're thinking or about what we're going to say or the mistakes that we've made in our life. Why? Because he's the king of kings. He's the Lord of lords. He is the great I am. He is the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning and the end, the author and the finisher and the perfecter of our faith. He is that sure foundation that we built our faith upon. He is our mighty rock. And standing on the word of God is all we have to do is stand on the word of God. And stand on the promises that he's made us. All of his promises are yes and amen. His mercies are new every day. Just think, if he didn't wake us up, we wouldn't wake up. If he didn't give us our breath, we wouldn't be able to breathe. If he didn't give us our eyesight, we would not be able to see. If he didn't give us our voice, we wouldn't be able to talk. If we didn't have our hands, how would we do the things that we need to do for ourselves? How would we put our clothes on? If we didn't have legs, if we didn't have our body, oh my goodness, it would just be a, it would be a terrible thing. 
you know? So we have to thank God for everything that he's given us, for everything that he does for us, for everything that he is doing for us, and for all of the things that he's going to do for us. Look at what we are facing right now, this very minute, for the past two years. And yes, it has wreaked havoc. I mean, just literally wreaked havoc all over the world. But because of God's grace, because of his amazing grace, he has provided a way for us to get vaccinated. In the beginning, there wasn't anything. So this is a miracle within itself. This is a blessing. This is a blessing. This is one of God's mercies that he's shown upon us, you know, so that way we will have something, you know, to at least try to protect us and to keep us safe. But as I said before, in order for God to remove this, what we're facing, we have to do what the word says. We have to do what the word says. I'm not going to get into that. That's a whole nother message, even though I've talked about it before. But that's that's a whole nother message. But yet and still, we have to do what the word says. We have to obey God. We have to do what he tells us to do. If we want him to do what we need him to do to remove what we are facing off this earth. And until then, it's not going to happen. It's not going to happen. In 2 Chronicles 7.14, God tells us exactly what to do, letter by letter. It's not written in fine print. It's, it's right there in black and white in whatever language you are reading the word in. Whatever language you speak in, you have a Bible that you read from. When you turn to 2 Chronicles 7.14, God is telling us what to do, what we have to do in order for him to heal this land. But stubbornness is a disease. It is. I don't care what nobody says. Stubbornness is a disease and we all have it. We all are stubborn in our own way. We don't want to listen half the time. We want to do what we want to do all of the time. And we, want to, and we want to listen some of the time, but we don't let it sink in. We don't let it sink in. We don't take it to heart. We just let it go through one of our ears and out of the other one. And then we are, when we're faced with something that we don't understand, what is the first thing we do? We run to the internet and See what it's saying about whatever it is on the internet. Instead of going to the main source who has all of the answers to the questions and the problems that we face on a daily basis. His name is the Lord, our God, the great I am. That is who we should be going to every single day. 
when we come up against something that we don't understand, that we cannot comprehend. He has all of the answers and the answers are written in the word. If you don't open it up or open up an app on your phone and read it, how are you going to know? the answers to the problems that you're having all of the answers are there and I know that sometimes we may not want to hear the answers that we need to hear we want to hear what we want to hear we want to hear it how we want to hear it but the way God has it written is the way we should receive it it's how we are supposed to receive it simply because he knows what is best for us and his word is what's best for us not only is it what's best for us it is life it is living it is breathing it's not just words on a page to somebody wrote for entertainment they are words of life they're words of life and when we get into those words of life those words of life begin to change us from the inside out but the question is this do we really want to be changed do we really want the word of God to change us because it will change us it may not happen overnight why because Rome wasn't built in a day but God's word will change us from the inside out slowly but surely we will our the our way of thinking will change The way we talk will change. The way we see things will change. The way we begin to understand things will change. And we will start thinking and asking ourselves, okay, how would God feel about this? How does God feel about that? What do I need to do? How can I please God today, yesterday, tomorrow, the next day? We want to do everything to please him it's not about us it's all about Jesus Christ and what he did for us and the sacrifice that he made for us on that cross that we will never ever be able to repay him for ever what he did is written in the Bible. It's written in the Bible. You don't have to hear it from somebody else. It's right there. If you don't know how to read, have somebody buy a, a DVD and you can listen to it. You can listen to the word of God. And while you're listening, you're learning. And while you're learning, He's, he's, he will teach you to read. He'll teach you how teach you. It's, a, it's called a learning process. And guess what? We all will always be learning. We will always be learning. Since our childhood, we've been learning. When we first learned how to write our name. When we first learned how to tie our shoe, put our shoes on, put our clothes on. When we first learned how to fix our own hair. 
when we first learn how to go here and there on our own, when we first learn how to drive. Now, that was something. That was something. (laughs) That was something when we first learn how to drive. You know, and that's a learning process. It takes time to learn how to do anything. It takes time to understand what God is telling us through his word. It takes time to just really grab a hold of. It takes time, you know, because you can read one line and and may not understand nothing in that one line of scripture. It's the word you can read on and understand you know, the next few things that you read as it were, you didn't understand that, that, you know, the first beginning part of whatever it is that you're reading. But on after that, things start to fall in place and you start to understand what you're reading. And then you can go back to that, what you did understand and read it with that, that you do understand. And you begin to understand the whole thing. But let me tell you this. Every time you read it. You're going to see something that you did not see the first time. God is going to show you something that he didn't show you the first time. Why? Because he showed you what you need to see. And he tell you what you need to know when you need to see it and know it. He's not going to tell you everything at one time. He's not going to tell you everything at one time. He's going to tell you, you know, as you grasp onto it, as you understand it. And when he see that you have the first part understood, Then you move on to the next part. It's called taking baby steps. You know, a person is not born grown. You know, a person is born as a baby and a person grows into from a baby to a toddler, from a toddler to, you know, uh, on up until that child is a grown woman or a grown man. But guess what? As we live and get older, we age. And we grow from those first older years up into older, older years. And sometimes there are those who learn along the way. And there are those who never learn along the way. And then there are some who just never even tried. So don't give up. Don't start trying. Keep learning. Keep pushing. P-U-S-H. Pray until something happens. Now, I learned that at church. P-U-S-H. Pray until something happens. Just tell you that. P-U-S-H. Pray until something happens. And it will. It may not happen when you want it to happen, but it'll happen. Whatever it is that needs to happen, it's going to happen. And God's on time. And see, that's where we have to learn patience. We have to learn patience because... That's just something we all have to learn. We have to learn how to be patient. We can't be anxious all of the time. You know, give me, give me, give me, give me, give me. God, I want this. God, I want that. God, I need you to do this. God, I need you to do that. And I need you to do it right now. No, we have to wait. We have to have patience. We have to wait on God. Whatever it is that we need him to do for us, whatever it is that we want, we have to wait. We have to learn how to be patient because I know a lot about being patient. Yes, I do. And I still have 
a problem sometimes with being patient, even though I have had to learn patience. And I have to tell myself, just be patient, just be patient, just be patient. You know, and sometimes I can admit sometimes, you know, my faith get a little weak when I'm not seeing things just, you know, like happen right then, you know, especially if it's something I've been waiting for for the longest time. But you know what? As you're waiting and you're having patience, you're growing, you're getting stronger while you're having patience and while you're waiting and you're learning other things along the way. God is showing you other things and he's teaching you other things that you need to know that, you know, he does not want any of us to be ignorant. To the fact that we don't know anything about his word. We don't know anything about him. We don't know how to wait. We don't know how to have patience. We don't know how to endure. And yeah, patience requires a little suffering. Yeah, because you're suffering because you got to wait. And sometimes suffering uh, requires pain because you've been hurt along the way. And during that pain, you know, you're growing through that pain. You're learning how to forgive the person that's hurt you. You're learning how to forgive those who have stepped on your toes. You're learning how to forgive them that's done called you everything in the book except the child of God. You're learning how to forgive and you're learning how to forget in that waiting while you're having patience. And you're learning how to move on. In that patience while you wait during the time that you're in that valley. We've all been in the valley and it seems as if sometimes we're never going to come out of that valley. And I'm, when I'm talking about the valley, I'm not talking about the desert. I'm not talking about a literal place, but I'm talking about the things that we go through on a daily basis. We can be a desert is any place where there's no water and everything is just dry. You know, sometimes when it's a drought, for instance, a drought, we're going through a dry spell. Everybody have dry spells, you know, where it just seems like there is no water and you, you, your thirst can't be quenched and you don't know what to do and you don't know where to turn. But All of the time you feel like you're alone, but all of the time while you're feeling like you're alone, you're not alone because God is there with you. Even though you don't feel his presence, he's there with you. When you feel alone, he's there with you. He's right by your side. Why? Because he said he would never leave us nor forsake us. He is always with us. He will be with us even until the end of the age. So when we feel like we're alone, we may get lonely. And we might feel like we're alone, but we are never alone. God is always there. Jesus is always there. Even at nighttime when we can't sleep and our mind is racing, he's there. When we're laying there with tears streaming down our eyes for whatever, he is there to comfort us. When we just need a shoulder to cry on, he is there. When we need a listening ear, he is there. When we just need somebody to just sit beside us, he is there there when we're trying to pray and we can't find the words can't even put a whole sentence together guess what the holy spirit is there to speak for us and groanings that we don't understand but god understands see what i'm saying so we are never ever alone we may feel lonely and we may feel lonesome but we are never alone because jesus is always there Even through the hard times, even when we lose loved ones and we feel like our whole world 
is just crumbling down, just crashing down around us. He is there to help us pick up those pieces and put those pieces back together. They may not go back together the way we want them to go back together, but they go back together how he wants them to go back together so we can be better people. So we can do the things that he has called us to do so we can accomplish the things that we want to accomplish with him. We can do nothing on our own. We can do all things through Jesus Christ who gives us strength. Because without his strength, we're weak. We cannot live and move and have our being without him because it is his spirit that keeps us alive. It is his spirit that strengthens us. When we are weak, he is strong and he is strong in us. So therefore, we have strength because he is strong in us. If we had all of the strength, to do whatever it is that we want to do. We would not need his strength. I know I can't do everything in my own strength. Hell, I can't do nothing in my own strength. I, I, I ask Jesus every day, Lord, give me strength. Why? Because I need him. I need his strength. I need him to give me strength. I need him to be there to hold my hand. I need him to be there to lift me up. I need him to be there to comfort me. I need him to be there to wipe the tears from my eyes. I need him to put a smile on my face when I can't put a smile on my face. I need him to give me joy when I'm sad, when I cannot even find joy within myself. I have to have him every single solitary day. And I know that you do too, because we can do nothing of ourselves. We, just like a vine, can't live unless it's connected. A branch can't live unless it's connected to the vine. And he is the true vine. When we are connected to him and he's connected to us and we abide in him and the father, the father will answer us. He will answer our prayers. He will give us the desires of our heart. When we stay connected to him, there is nothing that we can do when we stay connected to him. Because he has it all in the palm of his hands. He has everything. He holds this whole world together in the palm of his hands. And he's holding us all together right now, even though we're facing this pandemic, even though there are people in the hospitals fighting for their lives right now. He is holding this whole world together in his hands. It is because of him that we we are still in our right minds. It is because of him that we haven't lost our mind. It is because of him that we are still standing, that we are still living, breathing and moving and having our being because we cannot have any of that without him. And we have to have faith. That is the main thing. We have to have faith. We cannot be walking around here faithless. What is the point of walking around faithless? Having faith is believing in something and knowing before you see it come to pass. It's the surety of knowing that it's going to come to pass before you even see it. And I know that's hard to do because we're human beings and we don't, we don't want to believe things unless we see it. But faith, when we have faith, we don't have to see it. We know 
We don't have to see it up front. We don't have to see it right there. We believe and we have faith and we know that God is going to bring whatever it is that we're waiting for to pass. Whatever it is. Whatever it is. And this is what we have to keep telling ourselves. Why? Because the devil will put doubt in our minds. He will try to put doubt in our minds if we let him. This is why we have to hold on and have faith as a grain of a mustard seed. Because when we have a faith as the grain of a mustard seed, we can speak to a mountain and tell that mountain to throw itself into the sea and it will do it. Now, that is what you call faith. We have to have faith as a grain of a mustard seed. Just like when Jesus spoke to that fig tree, when he was hungry and there wasn't no figs on he told that tree that it was going to wither and no, it, that no fruit was going to grow on anymore and that tree withered and died. So we cannot let our faith wither and die just because we don't see things happening when we want to see them happening. We have to wait. We have to trust Believe, have faith, and wait on God. Why? Because God is never late. He is never late. He is always on time. He's always on time. He's never been late. Ever been late for anything. Why? Because he knows when to step in to take care of a situation. He knows the exact right time when to step in any situation at any given moment now i just want to thank everybody who listens to my messages i just want you to know that it brings joy to my heart to share the word of god with you pass the message on share God's word. Don't just keep it to yourself. Don't be selfish. You never know who you may come in contact with that really, really, really need Jesus and is going through something. And Jesus is the only somebody that can help them. So always be ready in and out of season to tell someone of the hope that you have in the Lord. Again, This is Chenilius and food for the soul. God bless you and have a wonderful, wonderful day.